Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And as you can tell, unless Dwaylen really changed his appearance, uh, Delicious Dwaylen will not be appearing this week. He is on vacation uh, down in Florida with his family, having a great time. I've actually been texting him, you know, just seeing how things are going. He had never been to Florida before, and he's absolutely loving it. In fact, I just looked at some pictures that uh, they had posted on Facebook a few minutes ago and loving the beach, which I don't blame them. And I've actually been to the beach that they, they're at right now, and it is just absolutely awesome. I'm kind of a beach lover myself, even though I'm living in Ohio, where they don't really have beaches. But um, at the same time, you know, uh, go check out Joylin's podcast, though, The Intellectual Rockstar. That's his podcast where he's like he self-proclaims, talks about everything nerdy. Joining me, though, however, today is Justin from TNC Sports Talk. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing well. How are you? Good morning. Uh, doing all right. And, you know, Justin knew I was going to be flying solo if we were, were ever going to be able to have a podcast at all. So he actually said, hey, uh, do you need to just a guest co-host while Dwaylon's gone, you know, for this week? I said, sure. You know, so thank you, Justin, for uh, stepping in and helping us keep the show going. Uh, and wildly, Justin and I had not seen each other in person for a little over a year Mm-hmm. Until this past Saturday, where we both happened to be at the Bengals Stadium, at Paycor Stadium, I want to I keep on I want to call it Paul Brown Stadium to be honest with you, yeah. But I, I don't I'm not a big fan of the corporate sponsorship, but whatever. Um, but I've we noticed in, that's been happening lately. Uh, to be honest, stadiums been have been everywhere. Names and it's, I, I'm not used to it. Um, I thought there was a lot of rich history and people understand the history when they, they called it Paul Brown Stadium. And the reasoning behind all of that, but then Paycor Stadium for me kind of came out of the blue, but it creates fundings. And I read an article last week about the Bengals having, like, they're in the top five of fan experience at the stadium, you know, like best fan experience. And they've also, because of, you know, the, the naming of the stadium and the fundings and obviously their success, they're contributing into like some new, fun, exciting sites while you're at the stadium. You know, I mean, the, I, uh, the, the jungle, um, yeah. that the players take. Well, they're actually going to create a replica of that for fans interaction. And you really? can take pictures and videos and okay. that little, you know, scenery, which I thought I think is pretty cool. Uh, the one thing that my son and I, we were going to do, cause you actually, you happened to catch us. You got there not long before we left. And so we caught you in line. You were getting something to drink because, well, it was blazing hot outside. And when you got, what, what was it? Probably 10,000 people there at oh, least. Gosh. The most crowded I've ever seen just for a practice. Yeah. And I mean, if that says anything about how the Bengals have been doing the past few years, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, the, the Huda people are all showing up. You know, you're not let, let me put it to you in this perspective. I got two younger kids. One's going to be nine this in August and the one's already five this year where they were holding my hands and they're kind of, you know, we're like the ducks lined up in a row holding hands trying to get through the crowd. Well, they're right standing right next to me, and it's so packed that I look over to look at them, and I can't see them because there's so many people. Hmm. And I'm holding their hand, but I can't see them still. You know, they're right underneath me. And it's like, okay, that's – like it was, um, you know, we're like you can't – there's no way to walk, you know, without bumping into somebody. I mean, it's a good thing, but there was a – for me, it was definitely over overcrowded. My oh, opinion. yeah, there was, there was a metric crap ton of people there just for a practice, especially – and 
you know, so we ran to you, you were in line to get a drink. My son was getting, um, he was getting kind of overheated. And then I had yeah. to figure it, realize later on, I was also getting overheated because I mean, it was, it was in the nineties and we're sitting with this crappy. Now my brother-in-law and my father-in-law were also there with us, you know, yeah. so, but we let them know, Hey, I said, Hey, my son, and you know, and they, they got it. I mean, yeah. he was getting a little too hot. And so we went ahead and left. The one thing we did not get a chance to do, um, and this was kind of my fault. We wanted to go into the pro shop just to kind of see, you know, what, what they were selling. Yeah. Unfortunately, all the doors into the pro shop uh, from outside the, the gate were closed. Right. It you had to still only. be. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And so we got, I was like, oh. and it was because, a, when I first got there at, cause Trey actually, you know, thanks to Trey. Cause he actually, yeah, yeah, thanks to Trey. He's the one who got us the tickets. Um, he actually texted me at like one o'clock. He was like, Hey, what are you doing? Do you want to get down here? And I'm like, I got my kids. All right. No problem. I got you. You know, just head on down here. I'll transfer the tickets. So he did that, which was great. Thank you to him for giving me the, you know, giving us the tickets. Um, but by the time we got there, I mean, it didn't look too bad getting inside, but once you got inside, apparently, um, and this was like around like, like right when the practice started, the pro shop, uh, the pro shop, that line was about a 45 minute wait. At four o'clock, it was a two-hour wait just to get in. Ooh, yeah. So, and we left around three. So, um, it's mm-hmm. probably a good thing we didn't try to go into the pro shop. Maybe we will. I've, um, I've never actually been to a game at uh, the Bengals Stadium. I've only been to one NFL game ever, and that was in London of all places. And I okay. watched, yeah, I watched the Buccaneers and the Bears. Um, it was, was that Buc- one of those international, um, when they took the trip out there type stuff? Or? Yeah, this was in, uh, 2011 and yeah, the, the Buccaneers, it was actually considered a home game for them. Uh, sad thing was the owner of the Buccaneers also owns Manchester United. And oh, so, okay. and so man, you, they actually had a game that day as well and they lost and then they, he turned around he and he flew down to London. Of course, I mean, you know, you're talking Manchester to London, you know, 30 minute flight if, at probably flew down to London and went to go watch the Buccaneers lose to the bears. <laughs> so he was having a bad day, uh, but I had a good time. But it's the only game I've ever been to. Um, and I don't know if what that says about me, but um, I would like to get a football games, but we know, I mean, you know, Trey was talking about it to me about trying to get seats and he's like, He's almost, you know, for those, for he, he told me that there was two seats for him that he could get $500 a piece for a single game. But then he was talking about season tickets where it's like a hundred bucks a month because you could do it over a payment plan. So that's about what a thousand dollars a person um, for you, season tickets. Let's see. The that's about seat- 50 bucks a t- ticket. It was about a thousand dollars for two seats. For the season, that's what nine games this year, what t- ten games, twelve games, including playoff, uh, not playoffs, but preseason. And yeah, then, if the if yeah, so. But you know, I don't see myself buying season tickets anytime soon because I have other things to buy, like food. And so, stuff. yeah, you know, so just imagine WWE goes back to paid pay per views. I'll tell you what, oh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, uh, because my job situation, you know, because I'm still looking for work, um, you know, we're, we're getting by. I mean, we're, the bills are getting paid, so that, that's not a big deal, but I don't, I'm not, not looking to add, uh, add to that because right now necessities are 
in the name of the game. When they were actually before the WWE Network, were you actually paying monthly or were you doing WrestleMania? I because I, I did the four pay per views a year. Honestly, I kind of um, lucked out some because we moved back to the states uh, when I retired of the Air Force in 2013, mm-hmm. and we were staying with a uh, family. You know, my wife's um, mom. We stayed with her first for a couple months, but they just they didn't have the room for four extra people. So we we ended up moving into her aunt and uncle's house. Well, they had a finished basement that was like a small apartment, and we and had a walkout door, so I didn't have to, you know, until I was able to find work and able to get a house of our own, which we're in now. And by the time we moved into the house we're in now, this was in January of 2014. The network came out like a month or two later. Oh, and okay. so by so by the time we were, I was going to start maybe watching the the pay-per-views and I would have only watched like you said like the four or five a year like the big the big yeah. four now the big five uh if you include money in the bank and the the network had come up the very first one I watched on the network was WrestleMania um 30 and that was right. in 2014 and the, you could tell then they were having issues with the network cuz it was lagging uh, there was a delay in some places because funny thing was Dwaylon, you know, of course, I mean, he was watching it as well. And he texted me right when Brock Lesnar pinned the undertaker. Right. And he's like, no effing way. And I figured out what he meant. And by that point, I mean, he was like five minutes ahead of me, you know, right. and that, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're talking like pay-per-view type stuff, that's how much of a delay there was. And I was like, oh, yeah. dude, I'm, I said, I'm way behind you. And I finally figured when, out it was about five minutes. And it's unfortunate because ever since then, when you have a streaming platform, which is more accessible to people and you have millions, and I mean millions people watching, not just WWE, but other stuff on Peacock, mm-hmm. for example, it's going to lag. It's going to lag. And uh, you just can't do nothing about it. Well, I mean, WWE, they were going into uncharted territory for them. At the oh, time. yeah. You know, so, I mean, and the network was losing money at first, which, to be honest with you, it didn't surprise me that they finally sold it to Peacock because Peacock already have a platform. They already have the framework and everything. Was uh, it too the, much to maintain or was um, it just business cost? I think to me it was business cost because you think about this. I think for a customer, the network is one of the best things ever because. I thought so. Oh, yeah. You pay that $10 a month. You know, or nine ninety five, whatever. But it, it was ten dollars a month plus a little over including tax. You got that entire back catalog, the, the library. Uh, oh, not yeah. only the WWE goes back to the eighties. Goes back to the eighties like, or some of that, and they had some stuff even older than that. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you also had WCW's catalog. You had World Class. You had Mid South. You had uh, some stuff from Florida. You had some of the AWA stuff. And you, if you were a wrestling fan like me back in the eighties, and I know you weren't even born yet, but if you remember the back in the territory days and WWE yeah. had bought all of those um, video libraries. And that's really what they, they bought the territories for after a while, including WCW. They, they didn't really, it wasn't about the wrestlers necessarily, but it was about those libraries. And yeah. so, yeah, it was a great deal, but I mean, if you look at what uh, I think they, at one point they had a million and a half subscribers. And mm-hmm. so they're making uh $15 million um, a month. Right. You know, so that's a good deal. It is a good deal. I mean, the other thing is too, and I think this is where it could have also hurt when you have a, your own channel. Yeah. 
I mean, they took and they still take forever to upload Raw, SmackDown, right? The main event took like you're still like the main event that you see now on Peacock. That's like three months behind, and I'm just like, that's ridiculous. You know, like the, and that's like, you know, it, so it's just, it bothers me. And then they also, I think they ran into the problem of trying to cre- keep on creating content, which is, you know, the, you know, obviously you have the, the library, the archives, but right. you also have, still have to create new content, like the storytelling. And that was great, but I think some of that stuff ended up costing more money that they can really bargain for, especially what I believe then they stop it during the pandemic or something like that. Uh, maybe, uh, I mean, I know the, the return on investment really was not that much because uh, right. some, of the, some of the things they had already created, you know, they had already just to put up on the network, uh, because that, like that one claymation thing, my son loved watching that, you know, um, claymation. Hmm. uh, I can't remember the, um, uh, I'd have to go onto the network to really, I mean, I didn't watch it, sit there and watch it by myself. I mean, but he always liked to watch it. Uh, they had the one like the camp WWE. Now that one he did not oh, watch. Okay. That was that was more of a cartoon. In fact, it yeah. was you know, a cartoon. And that one was that one was definitely adult oriented. It was not for kids. Um, but yeah, and I didn't realize they had that much of a delay uh, as far as like putting on like the Rawls and Smackdowns and main events. I mean, and I think that might be because you're talking about Slam City. Slam City. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. and. You know, now when, you know, when they put on like the, the weekly, like the Raw, the SmackDown uh, main event, and I think maybe the reason why they take so long, because there's some things they have to go through and edit out. I mean, there True. may be, yeah, certain things they may see a fan right. you know, kind of showing themselves and they, well, they can't have that, you know, but go ahead. I just, I mean, it, it, the main event though is taped, right? They, it, they're, they're dark matches prior to, Raw or SmackDown most of the time. And they're just, they're put together. You have your separate commentators, you know, that are basically explaining to everyone what happened throughout that week. And you have, you only have two matches. I just, I understand, you know, a week out, maybe even two weeks out. But for being like, if you go on Peacock now and you look at main event, they're, they're just, you know, like last month, they were showing stuff for just right after WrestleMania. And, and see, I that, just that's, think, that's ridiculous. They shouldn't be waiting that long. Right. I mean, I could give you a couple of weeks. I don't have a problem. You don't need to have it up by the next week. I get that. But for three months, I feel like now you just like you gutted main event, in my opinion, because you waited that long for taping. I don't want to watch something that happened, you know, you know, for the first time that happened six months ago when we're already six months ahead of time. The storylines are way different, you know. Right, because they don't they don't do a lot of long time uh, long term storytelling. Even though the bloodline has been lasting a while, and I think that I mean, that's a great NXT level up is a lot sooner than that. Like when you know, because they post level up, which is like a NXT main event, you right? Know? But anyways. but um, before we get started on our on our topic, and and it was actually something that you brought up to me is when. When is it kind of apparent that there's going to be a split between a wrestler and a company or or the company and the wrestler, depending, uh, or just when when is it pretty apparent or when should they basically break apart from each other? You know, when should they part ways, even if it's only temporary? Uh, but before we start on that, I want to go ahead and I want to give some shout outs to some some other podcasters. Someone's a friend of ours. Uh, obviously, you know, give a shout out to the TNC Sports Talk. 
Yeah. That'd be, that'd be Justin. And, <laughs> you know, he's been back on the air. I've been listening to him. And um, yeah, he also, uh, in addition to his podcast, he, he actually gives his own analysis on different things, not just wrestling, but also sports. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of a little little focused on Cincinnati and San Diego because he lives in Cincinnati, but he's originally from San Diego. But, you know, so I don't know why he didn't join the Navy like his brother. Because San Diego is <laughs> no. a big Navy. Town. <laughs> yeah. God, but you know what? The problem is, is that it's so expensive out in California in general. Uh, very, very true. Uh, and I, honestly, if you would have joined the Navy just to get stationed back in San Diego, they'd have probably sent you to Norfolk or Jacksonville. But I, Well, you know, that's when my brother got um, stationed. He got to choose. And based off of his the career options they gave him, because he actually trained uh, in Chicago, he okay. his boot camp is a yeah boot camp, right, I the Great Lakes, in Chicago. Yep. 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 And uh, he got to choose; it was either New York, Florida, or San Diego. And uh, he chose San Diego just to go back home, and he thought it was going to be more cost efficient because hey, you got to either live in the barracks or live with your parents. So you know. It's it's still expensive. Either if it's not going to make the paycheck go up any higher though, no. because there's not a lot of places in the states that give you cola, the cost of living allowance. Um, but um, they do, but I, from my understanding, you have to be married. You have to be off the barracks. Yep. If they give it, you have to be. You have to do it for like at least a month or two before they consider you qualified. Yep. So. But. Uh, but of course, I want to another, give another shout out to Ted the Hillbilly Hill, uh, his Hill Truth podcast. If you've never listened to it, go go. Give it a listen. He's on just about every audio platform there is. And you want to talk about wisdom. Ted is the pod father. He is the man that we all call the pod father. And if you listen to him, you'll know why. Because Ted, he definitely speaks some truths. And like I tell you, the hill truth, he is, he's trending number one in Antarctica and on MySpace. And and if you don't think he is, prove him wrong. That's all I got to say. I also give a shout out to our friend BC Hunter, part of the Wrestling with the Truth, Wrestling with the War, Wrestling with the 80s podcast. He's on audio uh, platforms for Wrestling with the Truth and Wrestling with the War, but on his Wrestling with the 80s is on YouTube. Go check him out. He's another one, another great guy. He can uh, really talk about the territory days. Love listening to him. I've actually collabed with him on, on, on a few things. We've been on his podcast. He's up on ours. Uh, we're looking to do stuff in the future. And also the Finish Your Wrestling podcast are guys out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, we had them on our show. Now, we've been trying to get on their show. Uh, it's just a matter of getting our schedules. They've been ready for us. You know, it's a matter of getting our schedules, you know, to sync up uh, because we we were getting ready to do it. And then uh, Dwayne ended up getting sick. I mean, and it was pretty bad for uh, for Dwayne to say, I can't do it. You know, he's pretty bad. You oh, know, yeah. And, yeah, and then just work schedules and, you know, and just life happens. But uh, go give those guys a listen. They're awesome guys. Um, and not only that, but one of the, the co-hosts always has a very creative name whenever, you know, he's announced it himself. Yeah. This latest week, he was Stevie Ray Cyrus. There we go. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Uh, of course, I'm thinking, you know, it could be Stevie Ray, the wrestler, but it could also be Stevie Ray Vaughn, Billy Ray Cyrus, you know, the two hey, musicians, you know, combination. Yep. Combination like of the that. two. Uh, the Dad World Order. That's another podcast. Uh, Justin, have you met the guys in the Dad World Order? I have not. I messaged. Well, I think you had Mike message me a long time ago. Um, Probably did. Yep. About trying to first because they're, they're using StreamYard also. 
Yeah, they are. That's right. The work that we were trying to do, just it didn't. You had to go get extra stuff. I did yeah. learn because I think they were trying to upload. Weren't they trying to upload their podcast from StreamYard to audio? Uh, that's a, yeah, okay. because that's why I had them uh, contact you because I knew you. So were using, I don't. Yeah. I know you paid for a subscription on Spreaker. By the way, yes. I know thanks to Spreaker. I'm pretty sure you still use Spreaker for your podcast, mm-hmm. right? I do. Spreaker is thanks to Spreaker. You know, you can listen to Armchair Booking Wrestling podcasts on all audio platforms. It's a little help for you know, but <laughs> I found earlier this year I couldn't buy the subscription. So, really? well, okay. What initially what ended up happening was that they took out for the entire year, and I wanted them to take out monthly. Ah, but what gotcha. ended up happening was so they took out the entire year. I emailed them. I was like, "Listen, I want to do it monthly." Did they just canceled it? You could. There is a free option on Spreaker where you can upload one podcast for free and have the same thing as if you paid for the subscription. If you had the subscription, you could upload multiple different podcasts. Right. So I, you know, just for those who are maybe skeptic or, you know, hey, I don't want to invest so much, you know, two, three hundred dollars a year into Spreaker. Just know that there is a free option, but it's only for one podcast. It's available. for one podcast and you're limited on your um, your how much um, basically hard drive space. Uh, so you're limited on how many episodes you can have in an archive. And once people yeah. start listening to you, they find out you've done episodes before they will go check out your back episodes. Right. So I think they allow up to 500 hours still. They allow up to a lot more still. Free? Which is for free. Really? I didn't know that. It's so, just it's just um, one podcast. though. No, you know, it's like, you know, for, I believe, you, I think for two podcasts, it's still up to 500 hours total, I believe, right? Or something like that. Something. But, um, you know, like you have Cubicle Chat. You also have, you know, the armchair booking. So... Just to keep in, you know, for people who are listening and you guys need to find platforms. Um, Yeah, like Justin just mentioned, I also have, a lot of people already know that I also have my non-wrestling podcast called The Cubicle Chat, which I recorded an episode yesterday talking all about um, people who, who hate on, you know, whatever genre of music they listen to when they say, well, today's fill in the blank, like country music is not really country music because what they listen to. 20, 30 years ago is totally different. It's like, well, music evolves. So that's what I'm kind of talking about is the evolution of music. And I kind of touch on country, metal, and rap and hip-hop, even though I'm not a, definitely not an expert rap and hip-hop, but I do. I, I can definitely tell the difference between some of the rap and hip-hop that even I used to listen to back in the 80s and the early 90s to what's out now. Let me ask yes. you a question on that real quick. Yeah. What is one genre that doesn't give enough does not give enough credit that should be given more credit oh kind of an opinionated question but if you're talking just musicianship i mean i think a lot of people would say well some people would definitely disagree with this i'd say jazz uh yeah because jazz i mean there's always a it's a difference between like rock and jazz rock is three chords uh played to a thousand people jazz is a thousand chords played to three people right so Um, but yeah, speaking of music and metal, uh, I actually had the pleasure of being invited to be a guest on the mixtape podcast. Another one that's based out of Cincinnati. Um, and they had their show. They, they really focus on seventies, eighties, nineties, pop culture. Um, 
and they'll have episodes where they will they will discuss a like a certain genre of music from a certain time mm-hmm. period. Well, yesterday when we recorded, we talked about uh, 80s metal. And they asked me, you know, hey, give us three songs and plus a couple backups in case, you know, we um, end up choosing the same songs. Right. And we discussed it. it was me and the three hosts, uh, Jay, um, Matt and uh, Kevin. And, you know, or also you know, <laughs> Jay, um, Twisted Kid, Matt and Casey Masterpiece. But and, you know, but we we talked about that and then they also invite uh, the listeners to submit their own because I'd let you put it out on Twitter and Facebook. Hey, you know, we're going to be doing an episode on this, you know, give us your submissions, you know? And so we right. just, we discussed that and, you know, had a great time. Uh, that episode should be out in a few weeks, you know, within a few weeks. And I invite everybody to go check out the mixtape podcast. And also at the same time, check out true crime cast. We can, this has been like a week of metal for me. If you listen to my podcast, that I put out yesterday on cubicle chat uh, I actually sent a story to True Crimecast, and it's actually going to be in their Patreon. Um, it's going to be a Patreon exclusive starting, I think, tomorrow, actually, because they have one, you know, uh, one a month that it's you have to be a Patreon member, which I am, uh, to listen to it. And it was all about okay. the, the Norwegian black metal scene in the early 90s. And if you are yeah. a metalhead and kept up with it, you know what was going on there because it was, um, I told uh, Jamie, you know, um, you know, it's Jamie and John, the two guys who run uh, True Crime Cast and another one called Bless Their Hearts. And I first heard about them from the Chris Jericho podcast. They are actually friends now with Chris Jericho, but and I'm actually friends with them. So, but I uh, told Jamie, I was like, yeah, I said I compare the stuff happening in Scandinavia with the the whole black metal thing uh to a lot of the stuff happening back in the nineties also with the East Coast, West Coast rap feuds going on. And people were literally killing each other over it. And that's yeah. what was happening in Norway. You know, people were literally killing each other over super stuff there. But I believe that is all the shout outs I have today. And and if you guys missed the shout out, okay, be sure to check the description below. He lists every single shout out down there frequently. At least when I, I, I put that. it on at least when I put it on Twitter I do. Um I try to get them in the the main show notes as yeah. well, but I see them all the time, Facebook and whatnot. It just you know, you can also check out Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast on Facebook, Twitter. Do you guys have an Instagram? Yes, the Instagram I don't put much on it, to be honest with you. Okay. And there's a TikTok I put even less uh, because <laughs> I still really haven't figured out TikTok all that well because it makes me seem really old. My daughter's a master of TikTok. I have a friend of mine in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. He's a friend of mine in Wayland's from high school. He has like a million and a half, two million followers in TikTok. I got about 1,500 followers, and that's it. I'm trying to get to 3,000. And the reason why I'm trying to get to 3,000 is so I can actually go TikTok live on streaming service on the computer. Um, oh, one gotcha. thing that I've learned is that once you hit 1,000, you can go TikTok live. Um, unless, And then once you hit 3,000, uh, you go 1,000, uh, you go TikTok live off your phone, right? Um, All right. The problem is, is I like to use my phone for my phone. I don't like to use it for right. TikTok. I mean, I'll make a video, but how dare I don't you use a phone as a phone? <laughs> but I like to. But then, like, because I do a lot of my streaming stuff on the computer, and I like the background, the setup. I like to do my videos on here or to do live streams on here, and I can do it while I'm doing work. So, yeah, that's I'm working on it. It's a hit or miss, but yeah, it's TikTok's another thing. Uh, by, by the way, my friend who 
Uh, like I said, he's a friend of mine in Joyland's, you know, actually a really good friend of ours from back from high school. Uh, his name is Big Fat. You know, it's underscore B-I-G-G-F-A-T-T underscore. Uh, him and his son also has a channel which has even more more followers. And so they right. actually go on tour with different people. They've actually been to Cincinnati and I've wanted to, you know, hook up with them while he's been up here to go like have lunch or something. Haven't been able to because, I mean, he just he's just, just extremely busy, you know, so. But I'm pretty sure not everybody who's listening or watching want to hear all about you know, our friends with TikTok. So let's get into what I do want to hear about is um, and I know this before we get into our conversation. Um, let's let's hear about where you can find armchair booking stuff. Oh, our merch. And I site. see that mask back there, and I know you're yes, talking you about the cup. So yeah, the cup, which I can't find, and people who've long time listeners know it's not the first time I've actually lost my coffee mug. It makes me sad every time. Um, you can find it at tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast. Just like you can find TNC Sports Talk merch also yeah. at tpublic. And what's your URL? Um I think it's TNC Sports Talk, or what you can do for me, TNC Sports Talk. You could head to my website at www.tncsportstalkshow.com, and it will. And there's a link up in the uh, header, up in the main menu bar. You can it will just take you right to the website. You can find all the episodes, YouTube's, uh, audio bl- uh, blogs that I write some once in a while, video stuff like that. You can find all that stuff on my website, which I would hopefully one day armchair booking will have get a web web page. Uh, maybe. I mean, I ain't working right now. It's not like I'm doing anything else. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it's um, it's a number one, for me. I find it because it, you know, what's great about it is that it automatically uploads everything you post or you know publish, and you could direct people to that website and they could find everything your your. All your social media contacts, all your audio platforms, your videos, um, anything upcoming, you can post up news, highlight stories, stuff like that. And then, you know, even your, like I said, your store page, and it'll just take you to, you know, so that when you're talking to someone and you want people to subscribe to you, just send them to your website. They can find everything under that, you know, page. You know what? Uh, we'll talk after after we're done recording. And I'm just, <laughs> yeah, just throwing it out there. Uh, so, but you had you threw me an idea, okay? And you said the inspiration from your idea, you know, for today's show because a lot of times, whenever Dwayne and I we have a guest on the show, we actually let them usually choose a topic because if there's something they want to talk about, you know, we'll let them um, actually throw an idea our way. And uh, there have been some where like, no, but this right here I actually liked, and okay. You said, I said, at what point is it time to part ways with a company or superstar in different situations? And yeah. then before we start recording, you mentioned specifically Bray Wyatt. That's the most latest situation I've heard of. Now, when I talk about situations, we talk about maybe people failing drug tests time and time again or getting, you know, in trouble with local law. Um, you know, we've talked about violation of contracts, you know, like Mandy Rose, you know, with the WWE or last, what last year, I believe. Right. Um, they, because oh, she kind I, of went against her contract, was it really necessary? It wasn't, it wasn't ways or that's right. It wasn't only fans, but it was something similar. But WWE asked her to tear to take it down and she refused to because she was becoming popular on it. And it and was using her real name. It wasn't even the name Mandy that Rose. Too. So 
that was my biggest thing is, you know, at what point, because I mean, we've seen professional wrestling companies give athletes chances after chances after the chances. And they, they hope that these athletes can, you know, overcome and learn from their mistakes, but sometimes they don't. So at what point in situations, is it just time to just part ways? Because, okay, for example, in AEW, CM Punk was getting into a lot of beef backstage, you know, no, notoriously known for like the stuff with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, right? And I mean, they, they literally got into a an actual ex- fight backstage. And a, Tony Khan could have been like, nope, we don't want that. They originated a, they're one of the originals for AEW. We're going to go with them. See you later, CM Punk. But CM Punk is back. So, you know, Tony Khan, this is an example has decided to give him another chance. But, you know, if you were a owner of a wrestling company and you had that situation, what would you do? You know, I, I mean, every, every company, every story, every situation is different. Uh, with CM Punk specifically, I'm not high on CM Punk. I like his stuff in the ring, but you have all the baggage that comes with him because if you, if you know the history, of course, this is not the first time CM Punk has had, disagreements like very very public disagreements with management and that's one of the things if you you are in any any kind of uh, position to where you're going to have like a public forum you don't bash you don't you don't publicly bash your boss that's not just in wrestling that's with any any job uh i see people doing it on social media all the time I hate my job. And the next thing you know, I just got fired. I don't know why. I was like, well, I, I can figure it out real quick, you know? Right. And CM Punk, not only did he, he do it, you, uh, another kind of rule. And I know this may go uh, totally against what some people think with jobs, especially me. I mean, I actually fairly recently left a job. Um, you never saw me once bash my boss on social media. You never saw yeah. me bash. I've still not bashed the company. I just said I left for personal reasons you know, a lot due to my physical and mental health. But you also, you never let your boss get blindsided. CM yeah. Punk, he walked into that press conference, got on a microphone, and started bashing Tony Khan, who's sitting six feet away from him. And Tony and Khan looks said, very surprised. Very surprised. And, you know, and people say, well, he was agreeing with him. I'm like, I don't think he was necessarily agreeing with him. I just think Tony Khan was kind of. What playing. else do you do? Because you yeah. step in and say, hey, all right, that's enough. You're letting your champion not speak free willingly. I mean, same thing that happens with MJF. MJF keeps on poking the bear, even though, you know, and Tony Khan seems to be surprised time and time again. And, you know, maybe that is AEW's, you know, issue with press conferences that they don't really give them, hey, you're. You won the title. Strictly speak on behalf of the title only. Don't bring up anything outside. So maybe more of a controlled setting, but yeah, I mean, I've seen your point. You know, yeah. but CM Punk's not the only person that do- has done that. Right. And and normally when you say you don't let your boss get blindsided, what that means is you just got in trouble for something, something messed up, something. You better tell your boss instead of your boss hearing it from somebody else. Right. And, you know, that's what comes down to, you know, because you don't want to he or she hear about it and then come to you asking you about it. You want to be the one to say, hey, I got I messed up. Here's or, you know, hey, you know, something happened and 
you know, your situation is going to affect your work. Now, I mean, and of course, I know with wrestling, sometimes it's different because wrestling is professional wrestling is something that's that it's entertainment or sport. And just same thing with any other uh, sports that, you know, like football or baseball or yeah. MMA or anything, you know, you you see the baseball players, the football players, they'll get up in a press conference and they'll bash the team that they're on. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, well, you know, the, the original question was, when is it time for them to part ways? Well, that's a perfect time right there. Because if I was right. the owners, I'd be like, you're gone. And you want to you want to get your lawyers involved. Let's get the lawyers involved because I'd also have to put in a contract. You will not disparage the organization you are part of. Because one thing, it's just dumb to do that anyway. And yeah. you know, but, um, but I mean, there could be other reasons with Bray Wyatt uh, specifically. I mean, I feel Bray Wyatt. He's anymore. Uh, he he's perpetually injured, and I hate that because I I like Bray Wyatt. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my personal preference also, by the way, is the, the Cape fear Bray Wyatt, you know, the okay. one, yeah. With, with, um, the Wyatt family. Yeah. And, you know, when he had the kids out there around the ring with the sheep's mask on, I mean, oh, that yeah. was, I liked that version of Bray Wyatt. I was not a fan of the happy fun club, Bray Wyatt. No, I am fan of the fiend from time and time, you yeah. know, like the same thing time with to the time. demon. You know, coming up, wrestle. You know, SummerSlam this Saturday, uh, well, August fifth in Detroit. You know, I know you'll probably do an episode on that later this week, but you um, know, maybe because that's hopefully. something that Joyla and I normally we give our uh, predictions. Um, so I might be doing it, but we'll have to see because uh, this Friday afternoon, I, I want to be able to watch SummerSlam live because this Friday afternoon. Uh, my wife and I, we are actually going away for the weekend. This will be the first, oh. her, her birthday is this week. And so this is the first oh, time. Happy early birthday. Yep. This will be the her. first time we've had a chance to go away. Just us. We got to looking at it. Uh, let's see. Um, you so mean think, even Thursday, maybe. And, and, and listen, well, you know. You well, know, her birthday always... is Thursday. I'm not, oh, definitely okay. not recording Thursday. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the prediction show might not actually happen. We'll talk uh, about it. Yeah, yeah. There, there'll so. be conversations about it. I'll, we'll try to. I'm, I, I, what I've been doing lately is trying to encourage you to just keep it going. Oh, I appreciate one way it. or the so. factor. Uh, anything that make it possible. Um, all right. So my okay. So let let me go out and just say this. Uh, first and foremost, I will always defend the athlete over the company when it comes down to taking personal time away for mental, personal, physical, any means necessary. If you feel like you have to, you know, John Moxley, you know, prime example, we've seen this in football last year where several athletes took in time off during the season because they were not mentally stable to, you know, and, you know, to have themselves on the field. If you are put in a situation where you don't feel 100% to compete, and you say you cannot compete, I will always defend you and support you in the decision that you make. Um, now, the problem with this situation is that we, all we are being told is that there are undisclosed injuries that Bray Wyatt has been taking, or problems that he's been taking care of over, what, the last six, mo- six seven months? You know, um, the, because, and- I mean, last time he wrestled was against L.A. Knight in that Mountain Dew that neon yeah, glow fight that, at the Royal Rumble. We haven't seen him since. And if he's taking personal time, 
by by all means take it i'm not gonna you know and i don't feel a company should necessarily part ways they should find ways to work with you and all right how can we get you back on tv in some way shape or form because you do still have obligations to me but we want you to take the personal care that you need for that i mean because mental health is a big thing uh that lately you know and i really say lately i mean it's been you know probably over the like the, uh, the better part of 10 years or so there's been a big focus on mental health uh especially with men because it's been it's always been said well men you know you know you just suck it up and go through it and by the way the highest rate of uh, people taking their lives is unfortunately men mm-hmm. you know and because there you hit certain points where you just can't handle it and Wayla and I, we are big advocates of um, mental health treatment because he and I both have, we've been very open about our issues with, uh, with mental health. I mean, um, we both have different, you know, things. I mean, mine, I mean, I had a lot of trauma in my life. Um, and then I also spent 20 years in the military, including, de- you know, some deployments and, you know, and I mean, I won't go too many detail with that, but, you know, but I mean, I'm, I see a therapist now, you know, so I, and I have no issues whatsoever admitting that. But when it comes to mental health, you know, and like Bray Wyatt, I mean, because I always thought his issues were more of a physical nature. I didn't realize he was having mental health issues as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But if he is, you know what? Go take care of him. You know, that to me would have to take priority because you don't want to force somebody in to be in a situation where they are not 100% or at least pretty close to 100% mentally capable of actually mm-hmm doing their their job in the ring because a lot of times in the ring okay yeah the action is real yeah they're in there they're doing some pretty bad things to each other but at the same time they're taking care of each other and if you're having a mental lapse that's when people get hurt for real because that's when botches happen and sometimes those botches can lead to broken bones um or like in the case of big e and this wasn't a mental lapse this was a case of you know somebody who by all intents and purposes you know anybody else he could do that over the head uh belly to belly suplex but not with Big E, who was 300 pounds of solid muscle, and he came down on his head. And, you know, so take care of yourself. Take care of your body. Um, I do wish Bray Wyatt would come back. I hope he would come back with the Cape Fear character. But if he's leaving because he's taking care of his mental health, then I applaud that. Let and- me ask you this. if Since we're talking about Bray Wyatt's character and his mental health, is I mean I know he loves that those characters. He has a, a a novel of characters that he likes to display and tell uh, in WWE. Or he wishes he could, but playing such a dark character, such so, such a mystique character like Bray Wyatt, and not many athletes can do it. It does take also a physical and mental toll on your brain because you have to be able to switch it. You know, like for example. Um, and I, I know there wasn't too much to think about when it came down to the character of Kane, but we know Glenn Jacobs as this nicest guy on the planet Earth, you know, at least so oh, yeah. described. But yet when he was wearing that mask in the big rest suit and everything was dark and in fire and all that stuff, you know, he had to turn it off just like that. And I'm sure, you know, over time when you get and when you play that character, you know, 300 days of the year. I'm pretty sure it does take a toll on you, especially if that's not who you generally are. No? Um, maybe because I don't think any, just anybody could pull off the Bray Wyatt character. Just like I don't think anybody could pull off 
uh, the Undertaker's character when he was, you know, the Phenom or he was. Now, I wasn't a fan the of the Ministry like, of Darkness. Yeah, the Ministry of Darkness. Now, that mm. one, the Satanic one, I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, and even You're Mark Calloway. some boundaries. Yeah, yeah even Mark Calloway, he wasn't a fan of it either. And he actually went to Vince McMahon and said, no, we're, you know, because he had a lot of personal changes happening in his life. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I can't do that character anymore. Yeah. And he told Mr. Man, I'm done with it. And if you notice, that's the one character, the under, you know, the un, one version of the Undertaker that never came back, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Because that one was, like you said, it was crossing too many lines. But, I mean, they're all kind of based on Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan, mm-hmm. to me, was the first one to really have that kind of character. And okay. but Kevin Sullivan, who was actually a very devout Catholic, was able to talk i mean about some pretty evil things I mean, if you go and look at some of the the interviews um kevin sullivan did and if you were to if you were to find some of the old interviews like in the old um the magazines that he was doing you know it made me actually look some stuff up and i mean kevin sullivan right. was talking about like i mean they said oh he's a devil worshiper and he was talking like that but then you realize you find out later on kevin sullivan he's a very devout irish catholic and you know but it's just like the lead singer of slayer tom Morea. You know, of course, if yeah. you listen to Slayer, you, you know, you don't have to listen to them necessarily to know what their image is. Tom, Tom Araya is also a devout Catholic. And he even yeah. says, I don't, you know, and for him, he has to kind of turn it on just for the theatrics and then turn it off. And so, and if, you know, maybe that's because the fiend was a lot different from, you know, the, the Cape fear, you know, the yeah. Cape fear character, the Max Cade type character. And because that one was kind of like a cult leader, but it wasn't, it, I never felt like it was demonic. The fiend is literally like a demon yeah. and maybe that was too hard, but I don't think that's the issue they're having with Bray Wyatt. Me personally, okay. um, I think because he was getting injured, you know, even back when he was um, the Cape fear break uh, Bray Wyatt. Sure. And so, so I mean, and, and do he, you and think it's intense. a lot of injuries, you know, injuries just catch up with you. I um, mean, we're just, kind of also rolling into the you know period of professional wrestling where we want you to say something or even if you don't say something we're taking all caution measures because i remember you know even what in the 2010s you know people who miss wrestling you fall behind in line you know if you're not there each and every week on the screen so you'll lose your there's spot. a lot of right and so a lot of athletes will fight through concussions will fight through broken bones and you know torn ligaments well they're just not, to remain they're not the necessarily top, you know, spotlight. being well, they're not necessarily being forced to now. That was an old territory thing. Uh, Bill Watson was notorious for it down in yeah. uh, Louisiana because Steve Dr. Death Williams got a legitimate um, eye injury. He had to have 108 mm-hmm. stitches put in his eye. And he he said, hey, you know, Bill, I got, I have a, I'm supposed to have a match tomorrow night. What am I supposed to do? And he said, you're going to go out and wrestle. Yeah. And he forced the man to wrestle with 108 fresh stitches that he had put in his eye. Now, right. I don't think that was the right thing to do. And I know Steve, Dr. Des Williams, he was one of the toughest, like legitimately toughest people ever in wrestling. I don't care what right. happened in the brawl for all Steve, Dr. Des Williams was, yeah, he was, um, he was legit. He played football and wrestled at the university of Oklahoma. If that says anything, I mean, mm-hmm. um, but with Bray Wyatt, I think a lot of part of him and, you know, I do kind of want to move away from Bray Wyatt and talk about some other ones, yeah, but, absolutely. um, with Bray Wyatt, Vince McMahon has always said he does not understand the character, just like he didn't understand Malachi Black's character. And Do you need to understand it in order to make it a hit? Because, I mean, 
lot of people, I don't even think I understood it all the way, but it was something that drew your attention to the screen every Friday night on SmackDown. I think if the fans understand it, that's who matters. If the fans understand it and the people who may be, you know, the people in creative uh, who are coming up with stuff and, you know, but of course, you know, if you notice it, this may just be a coincidence. They always had different things to Vince, but then Vince was more or less, more or less fired, for lack of better terms. You know, when everything everything broke out last year, right. uh, all of a sudden he was away from creative. And if you notice, right. the product improved because now they didn't have to run everything. They didn't have to filter everything through Vince, who would who would change sure. stuff last minute to something that he wanted or he understood. And he was like, well, he wasn't listening to the fans. And if you notice, Bray Wyatt came back. Because Bray Wyatt, he came back at um, which pay per view? I don't think it was the one in Cardiff. The Royal Rumble was it the rum. No, it wasn't the Rumble, was it? Well, no. Okay, so I'm sorry. He didn't come back at the Rumble. He came back last year. I thought it was in Cardiff at um, Clash at the Castle. I believe so. You know what? Um. Well, well, you're going to have to do some research. I'm going to have to well, look at that. So but... while you're looking that up, let me just go ahead and ask you on this topic. In this situation, whatever Bray Wyatt's dealing with today, okay, uh, whatever keeps him away from television, is this time? Is it time to part ways with him because he is taking, you know, he's away from the business for this long? I, um, honestly, I think it, it for Bray Wyatt, uh, really, Wyndham Rotunda, you know, his actual name. I think it, it would be best for him to leave WWE, go somewhere, not necessarily AEW. I mean, he can go anywhere. Yeah. Um, although yeah, AEW. I feel like Impact Wrestling will probably, because I think he'll be able to also have the control, you know, like the freedom, because the freedom for his controlled, uh, you know, segments and his, uh, you know, the the characters that he likes to, you know, display out there. Well, I mean, he could, and as long as he did not use the name Bray Wyatt or The Fiend or or whatever, I mean, he mm-hmm. could still come back with that. I mean, he could even just go with his real name. Um, and his brother could also come back, you know, uh, Bo Dallas. I can't think of what his actual first name is, uh, but also Rotunda. Yeah. Um, Mike Rotunda's kid, in which that's actually something else. Their dad, you know, Mike Rotunda, also known as IRS, was one of the people who was let go from WWE last year or in mm. the past couple of years. He was one of the people when they started doing their mass, you know, firing. So maybe. Basically. Okay. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of things uh, on why Bray is out for a long time. And I don't know if we will truly understand at this point of time, why he has been absent for so long, whether it, it is personal issues, whether it's personal injury and mental health, whatever, you know, I know a lot of times, you know, WWE likes to cover things up, you know, so, but, you know, right now, what we're, we're what we're thinking of, we're, you're paying him, right? Mm-hmm. You're paying him a lot of money too. You're not, you're not paying him a couple hundred thousand. You're paying him maybe a couple million, right? To sit at home, take care of his well-being. That's great and all, but you can invest into that, into someone else that can impact your business for the better. It was extreme rules, by the way. Extreme rules. Yeah, it was in October. Okay. 
So he came back at Extreme Rules, but he didn't actually wrestle for like another three or four months because we even had a podcast saying, hey, when's Bray Wyatt going to actually wrestle again? Yeah, we thought it was going to be Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't, and then he had a couple matches, but they said, well, he got hurt, and it's like, then yeah, maybe y'all brought him back a little bit too early because that's one of the things why Randy Orton would come back and then leave, come back and then leave because Randy Orton was also getting hurt. Now, that's right. not saying anything about like their – um, I guess physicality, you know, their ability to take injuries. Because I actually saw footage, and you can find us on YouTube. Uh, there was a sportscaster who kept calling Randy Orton soft oh, because yeah. you know he was gotten injured, and Randy Orton confronted him. He said, "You know, why do you keep calling me?" And this is when Randy Orton, you know, he was just, you know, he, he had a really bad temper at the time. Now he's, of course, you know, he's matured. But I would definitely wouldn't say they're soft. I mean, because what they're doing, you can't be soft and do what they're doing for a living to begin with. But what I think it is, they might be coming back too early because they're not letting their injuries completely heal up and all of that. But, you know, if you've ever had any kind of broken bone, any kind of thing like that, you know, it is never healed back to the point that it was before. It's always going to be more susceptible to injury than anything else. It doesn't matter. And both Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, their styles of wrestling, when they do their moves, it's not subtle at all right you know they're very impactful and they're even talking about randy orton and if he does come back he may not be you know he may be limited on him when he could do the rko because he's had the fusion in his uh neck i believe right and he takes the so, full impact of the rko on his so, back and this is a lot of people don't i mean wrestling fans will know non-wrestling fans will probably not know as much but they put on performances four or five nights a week you know we only are used, you know, normal fans are used to seeing what's on Raw, on SmackDown, on pay-per-views. That's three, four times a month. Well, they got live shows, you know, they just had one down in Mexico a couple of weeks. They had one back here in Cincinnati, what, uh, back in uh, last month or so. And they are, or two months ago, and they will compete on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I mean, they only get like two days off a week, majority, you know, majority. And, of the and they're time, not, so. they're not two consecutive days either. No. Yeah. But still, I mean, I remember, I mean, I do remember they used to put on two or three shows a one night, you know, you go down in San Diego, put one to show down at, you know, at the stadium, at the you know, arena in San Diego, go up to LA later on that day and put on a, another match, you know, but still that, that takes a lot of toll on you, you know? Um, and well, another reason though, not just, like the injury part or somebody just, yeah. you know, like Bray Wyatt right now, his character's in a holding pattern because nobody yeah. knows what's going on. And people have actually lost interest because he's not being seen, but you may have another situation kind of like Drew McIntyre. Um, he was gone for three months and he just reappeared because it was he came, gone because, well, he was also injured, right? Wasn't he taking he, care of some well, injuries? He was, t it wasn't like any one specific injury. He was taking care of like nagging, like small injuries, you right. know, which the small injuries, if you don't take care of them, they will turn into bigger injuries. That's why my wife is having foot surgery here in a few months because, or here in a few weeks, actually, um, because she had something she, she didn't realize that she had a torn tendon until, you know, a few days ago. Now she's going to have to have uh surgery to fix it because it got worse and worse. She didn't have, she had no idea. That's what it actually was. Um, But same thing with Drew McIntyre. I mean, of course, Drew McIntyre, you know, he, you know, he's a big man. And so yeah. when he comes down, I mean, that's a big man. It doesn't matter how well he can take a flat back bump. I mean, he's, you know, he's going to have injuries. Every wrestler is going to have injuries. 
And so he was actually gone for a few months, but his contract was also up. And so that was actually something else. Drew McIntyre, he commands an audience. He'll, he will have people to come in there and watch him. Cause I mean, I, I, I'm a big Drew McIntyre fan myself. Well, and he's also facing at the time for the last several months. As a matter of fact, this in past year, he's been wrestling bigger guys too. Mm-hmm. Where she really do just make it 10 times worse. So, you know, Drew McIntyre is dealing with some, some injuries. He's also dealing with contract problem, which we know, you know, from time and time again, contract issues are one of their own. Maybe you say, you know, they, so-and-so wants so much money. So-and-so wants so much time, you know, within the means we just saw Roman Reigns a couple of years ago, get this exclusive deal from the WWE where he gets almost pick and choose his schedule. And, you know, right now, as of right now, he's not, he's not promoted in any of the upcoming premium lives after SummerSlam for the remainder of the year. So, you know, and, but, you know, let's take a look at someone like, you talk about Big Lee, Big E, Braun Strowman just got done going through neck surgery. Now, I think, neck Braun, surgery, honestly, I, I think Braun Strowman's done. You I know, think I, so. I, I, at least with the WWE, he may um, have another crack in a smaller indie, you know, place, but. I, I mean, they never, they never could get him as over as what they should have. Um, he was never properly utilized, especially when they had him portrayed as being stupid. I cannot stand Mm-mm. when they do that with a character because, and honestly, that that's your hint right there that you should probably leave the company is when they are treating you like that. Because it, to me, it almost seems like, okay, you know, you're in a, in a relationship now. You've been in relationships in the past. You know, you just ha- you just know when you're about to split, you know, um, same with me, you know, my wife and I've been married for 24 years, but, um, but obviously I've had relationships in the past and you just knew when it was, you were going to break up. Same thing with jobs. I knew when I was going to leave my last job, just like before that, um, I knew when it was time for me to retire from the military and, you know, but I mean, but that wasn't in the public eye and you, and I'm, I know you've had coworkers, same thing. You knew they they were about to leave, they or they were about. To, yeah, they were done. Yeah, yeah, they were checked out. Some of them they may have just been going through the motions because they are like that close to retiring, and they can collect a pension. Right, and you know, but it's the same thing with wrestling. Um, when you see the characters losing over and over and over again, Alistair Black, Malachi Black. Um, which one does he go by now? I think he goes by Malachi Black. Malachi Black. Yeah. When he was still Alistair Black, he was another one. Vince McMahon didn't understand it, so he never got a great big push. His character, I mean, is a little extreme. It's kind of funny to talk about the Norwegian black metal stuff. Well, that's actually the kind of stuff that he himself is actually into. You um, also build, for Alistair Black, he built himself so much in NXT that yeah. you're almost shocked that it didn't work. I mean, sometimes, and this is where, I mean... He wasn't the only one that did it. It was the period where a lot of NXT talent should have got called up a lot sooner. And because they took so long, they just never fully either. They took so long that their call up date expired. Like, for example, Adam Cole, he should have been on the main roster if he was going to be a long time ago. And I think because they kept him down at NXT, it just expired and it wouldn't make sense for him to be on the main roster. It wouldn't do nothing. Tommaso Ciampa right. is a prime example. An example, 
I think he was a great athlete. Obviously, injuries got the better of him, especially when he was going with the feud with Johnny Gargano. But he was someone who should have been called up years ago, and he never did. And I don't feel like he makes that that impact that he had, you know, the fan base he had down at NXT that he was beloved. I don't think he has the same same impact on the fans on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, because sometimes, I mean, it, it doesn't translate from the smaller crowds into the bigger crowds. And you're you're not just doing it in the performance center. You're doing it across the country and sometimes in different countries. Right. There are also, and I think here's also another big issue, and I apologize if I'm speaking on top of you in this. Oh, sense, you're but, fine. Um, they also didn't allow Aleister Black. First of all, they when he got when he did get called up, they changed it. They didn't let him continue doing what he was doing down at NXT that worked. They tried to re-image him. And for two, they didn't allow him to have enough time with that successful, you know, success to build. And one thing that I've learned building, you know, when you move from NXT to WWE, it's from minor leagues to major leagues. It takes a wrestler an average that is a about 12 analogy. to 16 weeks, right? So 12 to 16 weeks to know if you're established from the fans. Okay. Cause that means that's three whole three to four months consistently each and every week to come in and just do the same thing over and over again. Same thing with Carrie and cross, but you can't come out there every week and squash somebody and not move up the chain and really dig yourself into a, a feud with somebody, you know, that where you're making forward progress, what, you know, for example, carrying cross, right? I feel like he's kind of in stuck in crosswords because when he first came up, he was just for nonstop. He was building himself with, with, uh, um, with, you know, just squashing people with, you know, mostly like, you know, those, uh, those indies that they get, you know, in the local area that get called up for the one night, you know, hey, I, I got a, I got a squash mash for you to just take a beating from this guy because we want to promote him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you don't let you don't let what worked down at NXT develop into the main roster. And you know, Joy and I, we've actually hit on this sometimes. Um, there's been occasions where they have actually brought a person up from NXT to the main roster because oh, they're successful down in NXT. It's like all right, they bring them up, and then they totally change what they're doing. So they're not, they're not even getting much chance to put over what they're doing. And that's, that's kind of a Vince call. And when Vince came back, by the way, that's when all of a sudden Bray Wyatt wasn't appearing as much anymore, mm-hmm. even though he had not really, because I think because Vince remain, and I think that might be a personal issue because he let Mike return to go, you know, Bray Wyatt's mm-hmm. dad. So, but yeah. And, but I think whenever, uh, just like, um, former boss of mine in the air force because he was getting ready to retire after I think he had done 23 years at the time. And let's talk with him one day and I'm I'm still friends with him and his wife uh, today. And I was like, Hey Dale, I was like, how do you know when it's time to retire? And he said, Oh, you'll know. I was like, but right. what are the signs? And he said, well, he said, when you just don't enjoy it anymore. He said, when yeah. you, when you wake up and you're like, you know, I don't even, I don't even like doing this. I don't even like putting on the uniform. You know, I like I, my, I like my coworkers, but Derek Jeter said this the best for baseball. He knew it was time to retire because when he woke up, he felt going to work was a job. 
Yeah. You feel like you have to get up and you actually have to go to work or go to your job. That's when it's time to find something different or to retire, like, you know, in that case. But so, all right. So Bray Wyatt, you would kind of, all right, let's part ways. Let's part ways on best of terms as much as possible. Maybe there's an opening in the future. But as of right now, you know, you've just been gone for so long. We just, we're moving forward from you. Plus right now, I don't realistically think unless you're coming back at SummerSlam, any storylines that you somewhat fit, you know, I mean, I know that there are conversations and rumors about someone, an outside interference that's costing Cody Rhodes his match on Saturday, whether that was Randy, whether that was Bray. I, I've heard, I've seen that on social media. I've I've heard about it. Don't know, but that I think that's the kind of like the last, at least for me, that last standpoint. If you don't see, you know, to him by SummerSlam, maybe just best to cut ways. Braun Strowman, right? Or maybe just, hey, it's time to part ways. You were just using as a simple tag team match to fill in a match card on SmackDown. Maybe it's just time to part ways. Uh, Big E, he's been on the shelf for, you know, he obviously had that injury. I mm-hmm. mean, I know it takes a lot of time. Yeah, neck injury, you don't mess around he with He may not come back even they, the same way that he should be. And they've actually kind of come to terms with that, that Big E might not come back at all because, okay. you know, um, because, I mean, when you have to have surgery on your neck, you know, he may not get clear by doctor. And because, if you come back, maybe come back as a manager, commentator, backstage yeah, Because uh, Big E is actually, he's uh, very well-spoken. So, yeah, put him as a commentator. Maybe even um, an ambassador. I mean, I know Titus O'Neil has done a really good job. I mean, Big E's a pretty good I mean, the New Day was a pretty good ambassador for a long time when they were, you know, the New Day clicked, you know, and was growing. The, the New um, Day so, they've hit the point where they actually don't need the tag titles anymore to get over. No. I mean, they are just, Hey, it's a new day. All right. You know, right. uh, everybody loves the new day. Uh, but it's kind of funny. You mentioned Cody Rhodes because he was actually the next person I was going to mention Cody Rhodes. Yeah. When he left the WWE in what, 2014, 2015, um, he left because they were, he did not like what they were doing with him. He, he was going what they were doing with him, he was never going to be more than middle of the mid card, and at, you know at best because he went they, down to Stardust. I think you yeah. put him as a dark match. I mean, or main event. I mean, that's what he was at the time. And we saw um, my family and I. We went and watched. Uh, it was a SmackDown taping. This is when SmackDown was being taped on Tuesdays, and then you know being oh um, yeah yeah show on Thursdays. Days. Yep. So we we went down to. Uh, Cincinnati to what is now what Heritage Bank Arena, uh, yep. what you know, whatever it was then. It used to be U.S. Bank. Arena, U.S. Bank Arena. Yep, it was U.S. Bank Arena at the time, and we watched the SmackDown tapings. And the Cody Rhodes, the only time you saw him was I don't remember who he was even in a feud with at the time, but he was standing. At, we were, we were actually back of the hard cam, so we never would have gotten on there. You know, of course, the ramp is you know on our left. The commentators were over to our right, and Cody, he was dressed up like Stardust, and like he was like in right. the corner with, uh, he actually had two minions or acolytes, whatever you want to call them, you know, with him. I don't even remember who they were, to tell you the truth. I, I don't think, even remember either. Um, was it Ascension, maybe? The, another team that was grossly underused. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, they, yeah, they should have been tag team champions at one point. I mean, yeah, they were they were compared to the Road Warriors. They were in a sense, and they it was such a disappointment, right? And so Cody, I mean, and he was putting his all into the character. I mean, you could tell that because I mean, but he's got the star on, and he's and and, and while you're at the Ascensions, just right a second, I'm going to throw in 
Viking Raiders right there. I hate how they're being used. They're such right. a dominant team. They should be dominant. And they're just being jobbers right now to Chad Gable and Otis. And, and I just, I don't like Valhalla. I, it, great athlete. I understand she took some time away. They left and they came right. back, but they should be champions on top of the division. They should be the, the pedestal right now in the raw tag team divisions going after Kevin and Sami Zayn. Because they, mean, are just, a, they are a team. They're not a collection of individuals. Because, I mean, as much as what I like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they're not the team of Kevin and Sammy, it's, they are two what was individual that team that Paul Ellering brought? Um, I forgot the name of them. Um, I forgot because they, I know there was, then... he was their manager in NXT. And when yeah. they came up, they said, okay, we don't need you anymore. They should have brought him up. They should have kept them. Paul Ellering there. And it was like, okay. I mean, I don't get why, you know, because that team, it lasted like a month or two and they were, I don't even remember the and name I know, of them now. I guess I heard that. I, remember, I liked them. I do but, remember I liked them. But and with just, Paul Ellering, he could have been the spokesperson and we would have saw like, I don't know. I I expected us to see domination from them. And it's and just, I don't know, went south so, so, so quickly. Um, Back to Stardust though. Um, Another pre- couple people you could put in that category around the same time. Um, Heath Slater, well, I mean, yep. I, I mean, he Slater was still with the company, but Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre, these were part of 3MB that were jobbers mm-hmm. that had to. You're you're kind of getting around to leaving the company to go build up somewhere else to come back. Yeah, these were athletes. Are hey, it's time to go. I'm not being utilized. Let me go have, find success somewhere else, and then come back. I mean, and it may have been because they had they may have had some kind of personal conflict. That's what happened with McIntyre. He actually had some, so he rubbed somebody the wrong way and he'll, he'll even admit it. You know, they've actually mm-hmm. showed him in interviews. WWE have actually had interviews with him. And he said, yeah, he, he was rubbing people the wrong way. His first stint wasn't getting over. He left, built himself, came back. And now, of course, now he's a former champion, Royal Rumble winner. And he's going to be competing for the title again. Uh, with Cody Rhodes, of course, he left, went to Ring of Honor. Well, Impact and then Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Impact, he actually won the world title. And so I mean, it was the NWA world title, yeah. kind of like that belt sitting right back there, the one the one at the bottom, not the one on top, but it was the 10 pounds of gold. And then he left there, went to Ring of Honor, and, of course, was tearing it up there and really building himself. Then he went and started his own company right. and really elevated himself up to that level, that really, that rare level that you don't see a lot of people attaining yeah and then he hit the point well it was too crowded at the done top. all i can well i mean he's also yeah. almost done everything he can possibly do yeah right. he did have some unfinished business in the wwe and when he parted ways with AEW, i mean if you notice there's no animosity it was no. just it was time to go and that's what they they all felt it's like you know because it was too crowded at the top because you had him and you had um, oh my lord, Kitty Omega, and you had um, Kitty Omega, um, the two brothers, Young Bucks, Young Bucks. Thank you. They were all up there as executives, and so Cody's like, okay, you know what, my job is done here. I'm going to go, and I'm going right. to, you know, because Cody had a lot to prove, and, and of course he shows up at Mania. Uh, and then the next pay-per-view, he gets hurt, you know, like right off, which was, oh, man, he, that was just some bad, bad timing. But he's came back, right. and he's 
man, he's not building. mid. Yeah, exactly. He's not mid carding, you right, know. Right. But he's well. Yet again, he is. I mean, but he, he is. is. He's he like the top approach. of the mid card because he's having to rebuild that from where he got hurt. So he's having. To, he, they can't put him directly in the main event. And, and they could. You know what they could. But you they, know what I like the way that they're doing it is because now they're bring they they're giving him something to fight for. And, you know, WWE can bring him in and say, hey, you're going to be the face of Raw. And initially, without the title, I mean, I know there's that cliche saying that if you hold the title, you're the face of the company, right, or face of the brand. Right. Seth Rollins, face of Raw. Cody Rhodes could be arguably right there in that mix, right? Oh, I don't think Cody Rhodes would need the title uh, to be no. the face of whatever he's part of because Cody Rhodes has actually built himself to where he's gotten bigger than um, his brother, Dustin. And right. Dustin was huge. You yeah, know, Goldust character, you know, should never have worked, but it did. And well, he people, was one of the few characters that worked so well for being a mid card, right? And I mean, but he was Intercontinental Champion. I think he and Cody weren't they tag team champions at one point? And I believe so. And Dustin Rhodes is in his fifties, and he, I mean, he's even said on Twitter. I mean, he just became a granddad, and he he knows he's not going to be wrestling too much longer, you know. Yeah. Um, but Cody's gotten even bigger than Dustin, and Dustin has hit some heights that he really was not supposed to hit with that character. But I mean, but I mean, he, he was a, able to be a mid card fitting in with stone cold, either the rock, the undertaker, Kane, all, you know, all the people at the top card, he, he would gold right. dust. I think saved himself for some reason. It just miraculously worked so well. Um, but yeah, you're right. Cody Rose is such, you know, is, I think he's in a universe of his own. I think even if you ask me today, if it's him or for Roman Reigns, I choose Cody any day, to be honest, because I know what you get out of Cody Rhodes, and he will always fight for that next thing. Roman right. Reigns is at the point where, I mean, I know it's given to him, but he just, you know, he's sick. Talking about gold, gold dust, we talk about some old timers, okay, in this, you know, should when is it time to really understand his part ways? You know, WWE has done this with Goldberg. I think WWE understands that they used all they could use out of Goldberg, and it was just time to... You know, listen, I got nothing for you. It's just, it does not, it doesn't make us money. It, you know, it's also going to then just sabotage your career. Cause I've seen that happen. Undertaker, I mean, there's that argument. He should have retired when he lost the streak. That was 10 years ago, right? Oh, coming up 10 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, coming up with some wrestlers coming up today, like, for example, um, you know, I mean, Chris Jericho looks like a million dollars and he's like in his fifties. Mm -hmm. uh, Sting knows that he's going to be retiring soon. Gold, you know, Dustin knows he's retiring soon. So at what point do you, as a veteran, you know, cause I know companies like to give veterans their, you know, credit where credit's due and let you end on your own terms. But sometimes you guys have to understand is it's just time to go. And as maybe, you know, I think I saw on uh AEW collision, I believe Billy Gunn, I don't know if it's working a, you know, a uh, storyline. No, but he took he, off his boots. He he, he dropped the boots in the ring. He's done. That's. I think so. Yeah. I mean, and even though he looks incredible, I think I just yeah. don't know. You know, you have to ask yourself. I mean, I know if Rob Van Dam could still compete, he still tries to compete once in a while. These veterans though have to know when it's time to hang up the boots, so where they can leave on one good terms, and two, they don't start leaving scars on their career. I've never seen a wrestler leave their boots in the ring and then come back and wrestle a match. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Triple H, he, when he announced he, he was retiring from in ring. Now his was health issues because mm -hmm. he basically, Triple H almost died. A lot of people don't get that. He almost no. died. 
um, his wife, Stephanie, and their three daughters were in the in the hospital and they were scared that they were going to have to say goodbye to him, mm-hmm. you know, but he managed to get through it. But he had, but he had a defib put in, you know, so he is done. And so when he announced mm-hmm. it, he had his boots with him and he placed them in the ring and walked out. And the symbolism of that is when you leave your boots in the ring, you're done. You got to be done. You, you got to be done. Um, just like, I don't know if you watched the, the show Heels. Um, they actually Did that sh- work the same way with The Undertaker? Because it wasn't his boots, but it was his it was, remarkable symbol of his cap, you know, jacket and gloves. But then he put it back on. But he put it back on because it, this was Mark Calibre himself. And I don't know if you've yeah. watched that, that series that they had on him mm-hmm. where he was actually the only time he ever spoke as mark calloway all of a sudden i mean he was no longer a character uh but he said the match that he had with roman reigns he basically said it stunk off the joint right and 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 it was not a good match i mean he was not 100 percent. i mean he's even admitted it um i thought he, i thought i felt it was as good as he was going to give at the time against someone like roman reigns right but, and but with him leaving his stuff in the ring, I even felt that I was like, I don't think it's over because he wasn't satisfied. And that's what it was. He was not satisfied with his own performance. Um, the match that he had with Goldberg over in Saudi Arabia, that was oh, more yeah. Goldberg than him, you know, who stunk that up. Uh, because right. Goldberg, but still, that but, still stunk. I mean, even that tag team match in Saudi Arabia with with DX versus the Brothers of Destruction oh, that, was terrible. And but that that's when that that sweet sweet Saudi money's coming in. They're like they're they're saying we we want to see these people in the ring. But I got to ask you, for the Undertaker losing that streak almost nearly ten years ago, there was opportunity for even WWE or even Mark to say, all right, I think it's done. I mean, you did lose the Brock. You did, I mean, you did have that streak. The only thing that you were really sticking around for, you only at the time you were coming back just once a year, maybe twice a year at best, just for that yeah. streak. And so you could have ended it right there and still left on. The, I, I I felt that those negative matches against those a couple, you know, a couple of times left a bit of a scar still on me as a fan because I didn't see Undertaker in his prime and I should I'd rather just go back and look, you know, when he was at his, you know, greatest. And the same thing with Goldberg. You know, I mean Brock Lesnar is still kicking in the ring. Sting is, you know, he has a lot of help in that ring with Darby Allen with his opponents, but you know, I mean I know it's time for Sting to hang it up too. I th- and he knows it too, but it's like I don't want point I don't want to see them all look like Ric Flair or Terry Funk. Now Terry Funk I think is finally done. Um, cause he's had so many health issues, uh, lately, but Flair, I mean, he, uh, Flair, his last, last match, you mm-hmm. know, against Double J and, um, you know, with him and Andrade against Double J and, uh, Jerry, uh, Double J, uh, Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. That's who it was. Yeah. Flair passed out during the match twice. Yeah. He blacked out. And it's like, dude, you need you to, trained all, yeah. yeah. I mean, just, Stop. I want to remember you for the positives and then for the good matches. And, you know, and I get it. You know, when we talk about veterans today, they've wrestled in the 90s, 2000s, you know, but you can tell when you don't have. OK, here's a great example. Jeff Hardy is not the same in the ring. And I know he's one of those sticky situations who gets in trouble outside the company, inside the company. He also can't perform the same way that he can perform, you know, 15 years ago. 
when is it time to be like, all right, you know, if a, if he comes back and says, hey, I'm ready to get back in the ring, does AEW give him that chance? Well, and, and why, if you do? Jeff Hardy is not somebody you can stick in the mid-card because just his style is so um, like well, electric. Well, not anymore. Not right? anymore. But, I mean, uh, but I mean, you, his his style is very kind of exciting to watch, but at the same but time... But his style has gone down, though. He can't do a, yeah, you know, can't, his exactly. moonsault no more. Um, he can't do the moonsault. He can't do the... Um, twist of, I mean, he could probably do fate. the twist of fate. I mean, and that's... That, I mean, like... The twist of fate, I mean, it's basically it's an it's an RKO or a stunner. It's just yeah. you you kind of swing into it. That's it. I mean, it's the same move. Uh and the stunner actually, I mean, Stone Cold, I mean, tell you all them years of dropping on his rear end, you know, mm-hmm. he's got back issues. And plus after, you know, uh, the accident that he had with um Owen when Owen, you know, did the pile driver to him and you saw his head go, Ank. uh, but Steve Austin knew when it was time to leave. Now he came back for just for that one match because he wanted to kind of go out in his terms. You know, the under- fine. yeah, the Undertaker came back. Oh, well, his match against AJ Styles, it was not meant to be his last match, but he felt his performance. And of course, AJ Styles is going to give you a good match no matter what. No, and know. the a cinematic match, something that he was wanting the last couple of years, and right. it worked so well. I'm, and he thought I'm not it was a fan of those. I'm not a fan of those. No. But that one, I mean, I was like, all right. I mean. For um, what but, Taker had to offer and how they could shoot it, his I was his character his character was actually perfect for that. So Taker knew it's time for him to go, and and I think for wrestlers also, when you are when you're being used more and more to just put over other wrestlers, just like Big Show, Big Show, you know, he was always kind of one of those. Well, you, you got to p- go through the Big Show portal, you know, you have to wrestle him and beat him in order to move up next. Of course, Big Show. That wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened, you know, thirty forty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody his size, you're not going to beat them. But the problem is, before him was Andre. Andre was the only one that size. Big Show, you had people his size and bigger. You know, right. so I mean, I know it's it's a little bit different world, but Big Show was being used. Okay, face heel, face heel, face heel, face mm-hmm. heel, and he eventually left the company. He felt like, okay, I'm just I'm in a holding pattern not doing a whole lot. I'm going to go ahead and move on. And then now, of course, now he's also with AEW. Mark Henry, same thing. But he's Mark, not in the ring, though. But he's not know? in the ring. I mean, and maybe that's what they felt because um, it, you've seen a lot of the interviews with these wrestlers where they say, okay, I don't want to wrestle anymore because um, my body just can't take much more of it. However, I still think that I can contribute to the business in another way. Let me be an agent. Let me be part of creative. Let me that, be right. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely fine with that, right. but I'm, I mean, so, okay. So in this case, I mean, obviously we know, it, you know, sting is practically done. He, I think he says he has one more match this year that his final match will be this year. Sometime. Uh, Dustin's about to be the same way. Right. Um, if you were to ask, you know, if I would ask you about Big Show, you say he probably should hang it up here very shortly. Also, if he's not um, wrestling, should, you know, Jeff Hardy, wrestling, uh, Jeff Hardy, I think should hang it up. Jeff Hardy's younger than I am, I and mean, I think yeah. Jeff Hardy should hang it up um, because his body can't take much more. Jeff than Jarrett, him. Jeff Jarrett, uh, I think Jeff Jarrett. He he had actually said that the match with Flair was his last match. Was also yeah. you know was also his last match. Jeff Jarrett knows because. Jeff Jarrett has been 
involved with the wrestling business basically since he was born. Because he's also been a more behind the scenes. He's been more right because he understands and, because his dad was Jerry Jarrett, the promoter. His grandmother was also a promoter. You okay. know, so he already knows that side of it. He actually um, helped create TNA Impact. Right. You know, that was a lot of his doing. Um, and so Jeff Jarrett, he understands like all aspects of the business. So if Jeff Jarrett wants to step away from in-ring competition, in-ring performance, go for it. Because you go down the list, if you're done with the big things like AEW, WWE, can you still go wrestle for an indie promotion though? Or you Wild, just be like, hey, cut off. Um, Wildcat Q, Chris Wildcat. Harris does it. Wildcat. Is you it, see him right back there? He's right there. Yeah. <laughs> he's right there. Watching. Do you give him the green light? I mean, is he, I think I think he's in a comfortable hey, position. Um, Every once in a while, you'll see Wildcat getting ring. He was part of right. the, um when they had their rumble, you know, down um in Covington right. a few months ago, he was a surprise entrant. And I like and it because he's not in the ring every week. But he's not in the ring every gives week. Gives him time. Because, yeah. I mean, he, he turns 50 this year. You know, he's only a, a couple months younger than I am. I turned 50 in August. He turns 15. Dude, he's he's at your Christmas baby. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Right. He, you know, Christmas Day, um, Chris Harris turns 50 years old. So, I mean, he okay. knows he's not going to be. He, so let me he ask shouldn't you this. be in the world title picture. Because I know you talked about this before. Chris Harris has the green light to wrestle an NWF, which has been around for decades. Okay, and and he's he's in and out because he knows that, hey, first of all, it's about the younger guys. But to every you know, he knows his body. Right. He Mm -hmm. knows he probably can't do it week in and week out. Yeah, he knows you give him the green light. But then compare him to someone like Edge, who knows he he can't do it every week. So he does it once in a while. But yet people are saying that he should hang up his boots. I was okay. I was happy for Edge when he came back at the Rumble because he mm-hmm. was able to beat the odds, you know, the doctor. And I thought that when he came back the next year, won the Rumble, and then had the title match at WrestleMania and lost, that should have been it. Right, um, okay. Because uh, the Undertaker being the exception because he actually won his last match. Um, mm-hmm. But your last match should be a loss. You should be putting over the next person to help elevate them. And edge right now, you know, they had the whole thing with the, um, judgment the I, day. huh? Judgment, the day. judgment yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. The I quit match. Um, should have been his last ball. You know, they, well, that one, you can't really end on, they brought his wife in and started smacking her around to make him quit. That's true. You know, so that's not really something to end on, but having match, where, but you had a Hell in a Cell match with Finn Balor at Mania, did you not? And, I mean, right? Was that WrestleMania? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and that was kind of the end of that feud. But, and still, I wish that Finn Balor should have won instead of lost. You know? Right. But, I you mean... Should, you should go out on your back. I mean, that's yeah. what... And But, you know, I mean, but the fact that Edge... Is you know still available? Maybe one, two, maybe three more matches. Probably within the next year, hopefully. Why? Why don't we see him get the green light? Because he could still go around in there. I mean, he did but prove it at WrestleMania. He we did, seen him but since. but when he came back, when he finally came back at the Rumble, a couple months later, got hurt again. It was his shoulder, but he was still getting hurt. And it's like, I mean, he's not young. I mean, he was out of the ring for eleven years before he came That's back, true. and. That is, you know, he's, I, I mean, I can speak, you know, cause I'm around Adam Copeland's age. Um, 
there's some things that I could do 10 years ago when I was still in uniform that I can't do now, you know, and now part okay. of that is just because I, you know, I don't work out, you know, but I then you say could that. say the same thing to Brian Danielson who came back with the similar injury and, and, and he's trying to go all out. And I think, he and he got hurt now. again and yeah. he, and, and they keep getting hurt, which I mean, it's the nature of the business. I mean, that's not a, a, a slap on them. You know, right. it is just, it's a nature. They're in a business where people get hurt. Um, but you have to know, okay, if you keep coming back, you know, why do you keep coming back? You know, because and what type of impact are you leaving on the fans? Because like right. I mentioned, I mean, I love the undertaker, but his terrible matches kind of left a little bit of a scar on me. And we're trying to remember him and his positive days. Same thing to, you know, Ric Flair, for example, um, you know, Hulk Hogan was also in that aspect. Um, not knowing when to hang it up, not knowing, not when to knowing, hang it up. you know, and so, I mean, and so really the, we pose the original question of when should a wrestler and a company part ways, but now it's also coming down to when should a wrestler should a part ways with the business, you know, yeah. um, and, or at least from the in-ring aspect of it. I mean, um, you reached the skyscraper of the WWE because there's, there is a ceiling in the WWE. Mm-hmm. What do you do afterwards? Cause now you're just floating around. Is Roman Reigns at that ceiling after he drops that whenever he drops that universal championship, once he drops it, what's next for him? Because he, in my opinion, has accomplished everything he could practically do. He's dominated WrestleMania. He's main evented. He's the face of the fan, uh, of the business for the last couple of years. I mean, there's not much more he can do. And I know he's getting, you know, he has other personal health issues, but, you know, Seth Rollins is there. He's running out of opponents that he can really create a, you know, comfortable feud with. So maybe when you look at someone like a Sheamus or you look at Drew McIntyre in this sense, when it comes down to at least WWE, you know, Drew McIntyre, what more can he do? Yeah, he's in the feud with Gunther, but afterwards he doesn't have nobody that could really go toe to toe with him and give him an authentic challenge. You know, he's already had a feud with Roman. He's already faced Seth Rollins a couple years back. Well, I want to say what 2018, where they wrestled for every single week for like two and a half months straight. To be honest, when they were teaming up, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and there's really just you know has I mean I know this is probably another conversation topic for next time, but you hit the you know ceiling top. Maybe it's also time for when you know you hit the ceiling. There's nothing else you could possibly do. Maybe that's time when it is to walk away, right? When there's exactly when there's nothing left whether it be for whatever company you're with or there's nothing left because Roman Reigns, he's at, he's at a point now where, you know, he's going to have to uh, lose the title eventually, you know, right. um, and, you know, he'll have to give it up now, whether that's in the ring or whether that's I'm retiring as champion, you guys take care, have fun. Here's the belt. Have at it. And I hate to say this, but Kenny Omega has hit the ceiling in AEW. Dean Ambrose has Dean Ambrose has hit the ceiling with what you're capable of doing in that AEW. He's or John Moxley or John Moxley. Sorry, Um, but there's a few athletes in AEW that has has hit the ceiling, and that's why it's kind of like, all right, well, what's really realistically what's next for you is not as exciting of when you first joined the industry or for the company, and. You know, some of them can have like a a second run, like Ron Kellings. Ron mm-hmm. Kellings is a former NWA world champion. 
a lot of people don't know that because all they see is our truth, but he's also having fun as our truth. He's, he's yeah. another one. He's my age. And he, he does not have it. He, he does not have any business looking that good being 50 years old because you yeah. look at, I mean, he's shredded, you know, um, and he can still Ray go. Mysterio he, on that other hand, right? Ray I Mysterio, mean, he, another one. I mean, I and, know he knows he's going to hang it up in a couple of years, but he, and he's limited, but he's given back to, um, which is a key important. I, I honestly, I thought Ray should have, um, Put Dominic over at WrestleMania and hung it up because I, when you I when you go in the Hall of Fame, time. When you go in the yeah. Hall of Fame, you're done. You I should feel be like done. You should be time. like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Right. And they put him in the Hall of Fame and he's still wrestling. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, but he's also dug himself with LWO, which has rejuvenated. It worked so well, and I don't think a lot of people right. expected it to be as good as it was going to be. Um, and now you have a potential feud with Ray and Santos down the road. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, Ray's also not overworking himself. He's not the face of SmackDown. He's not trying to stick himself in. T- he's trying to help people get over. And that's what he that's why it works so well with Ray. But I mean, you know, th- I think there's so much more. We're maybe have to wait for we, uh, part two on this and maybe get Dwayne can come back in here and wait, sh- shed some light because you still have the Mandy Rose situation. Mm-hmm. You still have the um uh mickey james situation you uh, know? Z- zelina vega is another one that you know now she's back and she's actually more popular than ever right now i think but she had yeah. some issues with them for a little bit um uh sasha and you know? um naomi i mean they walked away i mean they dropped the belts on vince's right? desk and walked out right. because they didn't so they knew that was it for them they were like you're not using us correctly we're gone. So, right. And, and that's a bold move. I mean, you talk about, you know, work earlier, you know, and there's things that you just don't talk about. Now, you know, the good news is that, yeah, you're going to go share your experience, but I don't really think that Sasha or Naomi has really bashed WWE that hard as compared to no. some other athletes that have in the past. Well, especially but, with Naomi. I mean, her husband is not only in the WWE still, but he's but one she of still could have. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, but he's still one of the, like the main, um, He's in one of the big, the biggest, probably the biggest storyline right now in the company. And she starts bashing it. They punish him and they right. would. Vince McMahon is that petty that he right. would all of a sudden he'd be like, Hey, um, you know, Jay or, um, oh my Lord, Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I believe she's married to Jimmy. Even solo. Even Solo could be punished. I mean, yeah, he's they could all of, be. Roman could be punished. I mean, I know um, that the, unlikely he's going to do it, but he could still punish him. I mean, right. Just but as then, much. Just here's, here's the thing. Just as big as Vince has brought someone up in the industry, he could tear them down with the snap of the fingers. So um, I'm sorry I think, to say that. Well, I mean, I think also though, and this is a story for another day. I think if he were to try to honestly take like a personal beef out against anybody in the Anawaii family. They would all be leaving WWE, mm-hmm. and they would show up somewhere else. It's like, oh, you don't or, want, okay. I I think that they outnumber Vince. I think Vince at this point of his time, where where he's at, and you know, in the Endeavor situation, if something like that's to happen, I think Vince is the one to get backlashed instead of the Awana family, in my but, opinion. But, uh, but yeah, we definitely have to have a continuation on this. You know, I think so. Yeah, part two, whenever you know, there's a lot more to talk about. Uh, and, whenever whenever you know, Dwayne's back from sunny, sunny Florida, like I said, yeah. we wish him. In fact, I'm going to text him right now and say, dude, we are seriously talking about you right now. <laughs> so um, put that up on Twitter. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Dude, we 
are. Um, actually, I'll just say we're giving you props right now on the show, which is the truth. I like it. I wish I was down there. I mean, for how close we are, we still haven't gone down there yet. I mean, it's still, you know, it, it took them two days to drive down there. If you're going with kids, it's going to take you two days to get there. I mean, um, it's a lot better drive than going to California. To oh, very true. Two kids. I mean, that still took us, I think that took us a total of three days, three full days of driving. Oh, I can see that. Oh, I've I've never driven to California. I have driven to Nevada from, um, you know, to Vegas from around here. So, all right. So we'll definitely have to have a continuation on this uh, once Joylan returns and we'll have you back on as well, obviously, you know, but yeah, good conversation. I'm going to say this for listeners here. Um, make sure you, if you guys have a story or you guys have an example or something that you want us to, to talk about, or, you know, Steve and Dwayne to talk about in, in the topic or, uh, you know, along the line, what you listen to today, be sure to either comment on the YouTube channel, leave the review on, because I believe you can leave reviews on audio platforms, right? Yes. You can, in fact, if you leave a, if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts, we will actually read it on the air. Uh, if any of the other platforms, such as like Spotify or good pods, where I know those two, you can do this, where you can actually leave a rating, but there's no way to leave a review. You can actually email the review at armchair booking podcast at gmail.com. And you send me a screenshot of the rating and along with your review, I will also read that on the air. You know what? Like I said, find them on Facebook. Find yep. Steve or Dwayne or Armchair Booking, DM them down there on Facebook. Let them know, you know, maybe an example, a story, and they will share it on the podcast itself and have a discussion. I mean, I'm sure you guys are open to that. Um, oh, we've done it because we ha- we actually do have people who actually email us. And um, yeah. now sometimes, you know, it's just the timing of it because it, it would the, like a question would work that week, but we're unable right. to get it in just because um there are a couple of times where we had some good questions we were going to ask, and then we were not able to record because life happens. And unfortunately, I'm always so, shooting you guys questions and right. topics and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just want to make sure that gets out to, to everyone who's listening to or watching this that, you know, listen, you guys are fan interactive. If fans want to get and weigh in their thoughts and opinions, do so, and you guys will definitely share them. Yes, sir. But until we can meet again, my friend, I just got to say a good day. Goodbye. God bless. Okay.